a joy to honor Jesus with you tonight in his death. And uh, last year I asked a question. I said, I said, why did Jesus die? And this year I want us to meditate on some of the same truths and some new ones about Jesus' cross and his suffering, but in particular his death. And I want to ask a different question. Why was Jesus taken down? from the cross. Why was Jesus taken down? We just read Matthew 27. And there are a number of ways that we could answer that. One is Joseph of Arimathea. He's a, he's a compassionate, kind, loyal friend to Jesus. Or, or it could also be that when he asked Pilate for permission, it was it was Pilate who declared Jesus is innocent. I'm sending an innocent man to his death. And he would want that innocent man taken down as soon as possible, that it would be over. It could be the Sabbath was approaching. We read that in the passage. It could be avoiding the curse of Deuteronomy 21, that that whoever hung on the tree was cursed. And if you let that person, that cursed person, hang on that tree overnight, then that meant that that curse transferred to all the land. Because the truth is this, when Romans crucified somebody, it took days most of the time for them to die. And if you were crucified by the Romans, oftentimes it meant that you were never buried. You were left there. Why was Jesus taken down? I want to put you there In the story, Jesus has just taken, think about this, Jesus has just taken his last breath. He he has yielded, he's given up his spirit. And Joseph goes to Pilate and asks for Jesus' body. Joseph goes to the cross and, and with the Roman guard's help, he takes the body down. He wraps the body in a linen shroud. And and with the Marys. Following Jesus, or following Joseph, carrying Jesus' body, they walk to Joseph's tomb. And Jesus' body is laid by Joseph and his servants in this tomb. And then they seal it up. And there are the Marys just watching. Jesus' body has been laid in the grave. Why is that important? What well, well, we, we know, and I want to share with you, the biggest reason why Jesus was taken down from the cross and laid in the grave was because he died. And that is going to sound so obvious, right? But the truth is, when we read the gospel writers telling us that his body was taken down from the cross and was laid in a tomb, that, yeah, it was prophesied about, but it had significance for us. That we are seeing the drama of, of Jesus having given up his life. He is truly dead. And as he's laid in the tomb and, and he's in there Friday night, all of Saturday, Sunday morning, and that reality soaks into his disciples. As they prepare for the Passover, he's not coming home for dinner. 
And on the Sabbath, he won't be there to give a good message. And when they wake up that first day of the week, Sunday morning, they won't be looking for where he's praying with his father as if he was asleep in the house with them. No, he's gone. He is dead. The reality of Jesus' death is non-ignorable. The disciples can't get around it as Jesus' body lies in the grave. But it's important for us. You see, they assumed and they understood the reality of sin, that sin had mastery over us and controlled us and ruled us like a cruel, cruel leader, and that perhaps Jesus had failed in some way. He didn't establish his kingdom the, the way that God wanted him to, and so it wasn't blessed. It ended in death instead of blessing. That's what it looked like. It ended in a curse instead of flourishing. Or, or, or this, that sin's mastery leads us to that penalty, death. That sin leads us to death. And Jesus succumbed to death. It was over him just like it was over everybody else. So many people were thinking those same things about Jesus, and they are false. Those are not true at all. Jesus is in the tomb so we can understand that he truly died. He, he didn't faint. It, it wasn't a mistake that people witnessed something wrong and they're testifying about something they, they don't really understand. No, he died. He was laid in the tomb. That's Jesus' true reality. But he didn't fail, and he didn't succumb to death. You see, Romans 6.10 says this. It says, Paul says, the death he died, he died to sin once for all. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. And even though you and I can understand the influence of sin um, that tells us you should ignore God, you don't need to listen to him, but that's not Jesus' story. That's not why he died. It wasn't because sin had mastery over him and pulled him into death, had power over him. No, no, that's a false belief. Romans 6.10 tells us something so different, and I want to highlight two things, that Jesus died to sin. He did not die under sin. He did not succumb to it. When Paul says that he died to sin, this is what he means. That Jesus willingly giving up his life is a walking into the dominion and the rule of sin. That kingdom where sin ruled. And Jesus marches in in his willing death. And he knocks on the front door of the castle and into sin's throne room, and he turns things upside down, way worse than he did with the temple. He destroyed the dominion of sin. When Paul says that he died to sin, it's like a frontal assault that Jesus is making war on. He is attacking. He is destroying its power and rule. That's what Paul means. And then in the second part, once for all. No one since Adam and Eve ignored and rebelled against God. No one since then. 
had been able to confront sin in such a way. Every other death throughout history, it was a succumbing to sin. It was that evil, cruel master getting its final victory cry in that person's death. And right here, Jesus wants, with his one death, for everyone that trusts and believes in him, that's united him, that Jesus' death in Jesus' tomb, his grave, is ours. That in our union with Jesus, we find that our old life is dead. And so tonight, what I want you to do is to adore Jesus in two ways. That he confronted sin so that you and I would never face the penalty of it. That if you trust in Jesus and you've received that amazing grace, that I am never going to face that penalty. My body can die, but the penalty of sin is gone. It doesn't get that final word over my life. And then secondly, that influence, that mastery. The way that sin wants to lord itself over us and demand that we obey it. That power is gone. That throne is turned upside down. That you and I don't have to listen to that voice. I want you to think about those two things. The penalty of sin being gone. That Jesus lays the penalty of sin to nothing in his death. And so imagine his grave. My penalty for sin, it rests in Jesus' grave because he truly died. The power that sin holds over me, it is stuck, it is captive in Jesus' tomb. And that is great hope for me and for you. I want to encourage you, when we confess sin, it, it's very different than, than how the world or, or people without Christ confess sin. Because we are leaning on those two truths, that the penalty has been paid. I can boldly confess how I have failed, because Jesus didn't in his death. And then secondly, I don't have to listen to that voice again. I have great hope in confessing my sin, because I don't have to to live in that vicious cycle. I don't have to. There's great hope in confession and a celebration tonight in Jesus' death that our hope as a church is not in, in anybody's perfection or, or sinlessness, but in the hope that Jesus gives. That when we fail as a community or when we fail as pastors or whatever it is, that we take great hope, the penalty and the power of sin are destroyed. Amen.